Arizona State has officially announced its Hall of Fame class for 2023. We're here to talk about it and some future guys to eventually be on there on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Levels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Levels. Thank you guys as always for tuning in and a special shout out to my everydayers that are here every day. Don't forget wherever you're getting your podcast to hit like, subscribe and turn on notifications to get an update whenever we post new content. And stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Before we begin, today's episode of Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. All right, guys. Hall of Fame class got announced. Couple days ago, been working on this, had some stuff behind the scenes. Appreciate your patience while we get this out to you. But we're here talking about the Hall of Fame class, and that's where we're going to start the show. 2023's Hall of Fame class has been announced for Arizona State. It's a pretty solid class. They've got some some big name hitters in there. It is a six person class, and then they are also inducting the 2007 women's track and field team. As for the individuals who have been added, you have Jordan Clark, who was a four-time NCAA champion for uh, track and field. The picture of him is shot put. Obviously a very, very good player who did a little bit of everything for them. Baseball will be led by Jason Kipnis, who obviously had a very good career with the then Cleveland Indians in the pros, played a long time and had a very, very successful career during his time at Arizona State as well. Wide receiver Sean McDonald is the other guy who highlights this class along with Kipnis, in my opinion. Uh, McDonald is one of the more prolific receivers that the Sun Devils have had at the position. We've had a conversation about him in the past before, and he is now in the Hall of Fame for Arizona State. Addison McGrath is a uh, water polo player who made it to the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, volleyball's Regina Mannix is also in the Hall of Fame. And then we have uh, Greg Greg Kraft in the Hall of Distinction for Arizona State. That will be your Hall of Fame class. Taking a look at these, at these players and individuals in particular, Jordan Clark, again, he was a four-time NCAA champion. Uh, five conference titles and earned All-American honors eight different times, including notching first-team honors six different times. I am taking a look, by the way, at the official article from SunDoubles.com if you guys want to check it out for yourself. Very, very accomplished during his time at Arizona State. One of the more dominant track and field players that we've had. I don't know enough about the history to compare him against other track and field players, but looking at this resume that he has, it feels pretty impossible that he can't be compared against just about anybody that Arizona State has had. Very, very successful and lots of gold medals to go along as well. 11 gold medals across three years of professional competitions. 
and had five of the top 15 marks in the world between 2013 and 2014 indoor season and his final outdoor season in 2016. Jason Kipnis. He only played at Arizona State for two years, but in those two years, he managed to hit for nearly 400 on his batting average with 378 in those two years. He was the Pac-10 Newcomer of the Year in 2008 and the Pac-10 Player of the Year in 2009. He hit 30 home runs in his two seasons with a fielding percentage of 996. He stole 51 bases, which is just absurd. A career 688 slugging percentage. Dude did a little bit of everything. Uh, unanimous first-team All-American in 2009, and he was an All-Pac-12 first-team honor in both years that he played at Arizona State. Very, very accomplished. Went on to the pros and had some good success as well with the Indians. He was on their uh, World Series team when they took on the Cubs and lost in Game 7, but he was there, and he was a very, very important player for everything that they were trying to accomplish. So shout out to uh, those two so far on the list for making it. Next up is Greg Kraft. He was the track and field head coach from 1996 to 2019 Hall of Fame, or excuse me, Hall of Distinction. So I'll be talking a little bit about the the requirements to get to ASU's Hall of Fame. There's all sorts of different stuff that they look for, but the biggest thing is that you need to be 10 years removed. And obviously being 2019, he isn't eligible for the Hall of Fame, so he's in the Hall of Distinction. Obviously, this is a guy who will be in the team's Hall of Fame, in the university's Hall of Fame, I should say, when he does finally get the chance. But he is a four-time USTF CCCA Coach of the Year and three-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Led ASU to four NCAA titles between 2007 and 2008, indoor and outdoor seasons in his 23-year career. Obviously, a very, very long tenure at Arizona State Sun Level. And even for a sport that doesn't get talked about, you've got to put Greg Kraft in there as one of the most important and influential athletic sports figures and coaches, certainly, to ever grace Arizona State University. Sean McDonald, who I have spoken about on this show before. Uh, McDonald is a former wide receiver for the team. He played three seasons and ended up being one of the best receivers that this program has ever had. He actually has the school record for single season receptions and receiving yards with 87. Thought I was going to sneeze, excuse me. 87 catches for 1,405 yards and 13 touchdowns. Those 13 touchdowns are the second most in a single season for Arizona State. Uh, Average over 18 yards per reception on his 156 career catches. 24 touchdowns in 2001. He had 23 and a half yards per ca- yards per reception on 47 catches. He was a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award. He was a first team All Pac 10 selection in 2001 and 2002, and a third team All uh, All American selection, or excuse me, a third team Associated Press and uh, Sporting News All American in 2002. Very, very good Sun Devil during his time. I don't have anything. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, Addison McGrath, the water polo specialist for the team, uh, is currently the career goal holder for the team 
with 237 goals, 348 points, and is the only Sun Devil to surpass the 300-point mark and holds the single-season record with the most points recorded with 123 set in 2008. Very dominant water polo player for Arizona State. She played for the program from 2006 to 2009. And then we have Regina Stahl uh, Mannix, who played for the volleyball team from 1984 to 1987. During that time, she has become the all-time career assist leader with 5,180 assists and 178 aces. She was the AVCA second-team All-American in 1986 and just one of seven in program history to have an All-American nod. In her final two seasons, she was a member of the All-Region squad as well. Very, very, very good player. And then finally, the last induction that was on there was the women's track and field team in 2007. Um What's the big stuff here that I can break down for you? Because it's a nice big paragraph talking all sorts of stuff about them. Uh, they were able to accumulate 60 points to beat out the runner-up LSU by 53 points at the 2007 NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships at the Alex G. Spanos uh, Athletic co uh, Complex on the Sacramento State campus. On the day, six women earned All-American accolades with Jessica Presley capturing the shot put competition to put the team over the top in the points race. That is your class for Arizona State's 2023 Hall of Fame class. Definitely some big hitters in there. Definitely some of the all-time greats for the university across any athletic sport. I would be pretty, pretty put upon to come up with anyone who was more deserving than the people who got in for this year's class. But next up, we are going to be talking about some future nominees who will be going up on the class. Be warned. I really have a small list. My knowledge of anything outside of the main three sports is very limited for Arizona state. I did some due diligence to look as best I could, but we're going to be going over those people in just a moment here. Before we get that far, though, I do want to talk to you guys about bird dogs. Guys, bird dogs are perfect. They're comfy. They look good. They feel good. They're stretchy. They're convenient. You can wear them wherever you want. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, even for someone like me who doesn't work out. Bird dogs make me look good, and I feel good, too. Their shorts do the exact same thing as the Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing the cloud net fabric that looks like the khaki, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat uh, wicking fabric as well that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And I can't think of anything more important to have in Arizona than that kind of technology. I love my Bird Dogs. I wear them all the time they're usable more than once too don't feel like this is a one and done kind of use you can use these multiple days in a row thanks to that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric guys they're amazing i promise you they're so awesome they're so comfortable and they're so unique compared to everything else i wear and the best part is if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on locked on college there will be a free yeti style tumbler with your order 
So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and get that free Yeti style tumbler with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to Locked On Sun Devils, wherever you're getting your podcast. Hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications to get an update whenever we post new content. Back into our conversation, looking at some of the guys in the future, I only picked out four names. I have two guys who are absolute slam dunks, two guys that I feel you could make a very interesting argument for, and then I'm going to leave it up to you guys to throw out any other players as well. One of these guys that I want to start with, I am surprised is not in the Hall of Fame yet, but this is also very much territory I'm not overly familiar with. But we'll start with the guy who needs to get into the Hall of Fame like as soon as possible, and that's Dustin Pedroia. Pedroia was a uh, baseball player. That's what they're called was a baseball player for Arizona State from 2002 to 2004. And in that time frame, he was just an absolute hitting machine for the team. He was hitting nearly 400 for his career and had two seasons, which he was over 400 in his batting average, uh, two seasons where his uh, OPS was over 1,000, one season where he was nearly at 1,200, which was his final year in 2004. He had a OPS of 1,160. He had a batting average of 409, which was his career best. His thing is he just wasn't a big home run guy, only had 13 home runs in three seasons. But again, he was a hitting machine. The dude just knew how to get on base and then goes on to have a wild baseball career where he played at Augusta and Saratosa, Sarasota, excuse me, Scottsdale, Portland, Pawtucket, and then eventually made it to Boston where he would carve out quite a good career with the Red Sox, won a World Series or two. I don't have it in front of me because I'm only looking at his ASU stuff, but very, very good career, both in the pros, but especially in college. It's crazy to me he's not in the Hall of Fame, but again, I'm just not 100% sure who's been on the ballot and waiting to get on the ballot. I don't know where to find the ballot. If anyone does know, please let me know so I can take a look. But He's absolutely eligible. This is a guy who needs to get on sooner rather than later for the team. And then the other player who will officially be eligible like for next year's class and I think should not have to wait very long to get on is Will Sutton. Will Sutton was a defensive tackle for Arizona State who had one of the most dominant seasons that a defender or really any, any football player has ever seen for the program in 2012. He recorded 63 tackles. Again, this is a defensive tackle, by the way. 63 tackles, 41 of which were solo tackles. 23 and a half tackles for loss, 13 sacks. Dominant from an interior defensive line position. Obviously was an All-American for the team. He led his, he led Arizona State in sacks. He was Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He was Pac-12 First Team All-Conference. Dominant. Instead of declaring for a very weak 2013 class. Although at the time it was perceived as a very strong defensive tackle class. You had Star Latulale, uh, came on short, Sharif Floyd. There, there was a lot of defensive tackles in that class that people really liked and fancied Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson. And I think that pushed uh, Will Sutton to uh, not declare for that draft because he ends up coming back to Arizona state for his senior year in 2013, where 
his numbers weren't as strong, but he was still a very good player. 48 tackles, uh, 29 solo, 13 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks. Again, definitely quite a, de- a decrease in the production, but still just absolutely dominant. He, former three-star player. It's not like this was a five-star get, kid who came in and just uh, lived up to expectations. He exceeded every expectation that was placed on him and became one of the best defensive players for the Sun Devils during the 2010s. Very memorable guy and somebody who I think doesn't get enough love in you know the, the test of time. It's been 10 years, and I feel like I don't hear enough people talk about Will Sutton. Maybe it's because I am just such a Will Sutton fanboy. I think he is just so good, like so dominant everything that he did for the program that I think he needs to be talked about more as one of like the greatest ever, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like subscribe, turn on those notifications. So you get an update wherever we post new content. Let's go ahead and wrap up this edition of the pod. Two more players. I want to talk about one of them. Very, very, very recent. So we won't see him for quite a long time. And that is Spencer Torkelson, the the uh, former number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft, and somebody who just made a living off of absolutely crushing everything that was sent his way. We had torque bombs when he was playing at Arizona State. Finished his career batting. I was just looking at it. I thought I have a slugging percentage. Where's his batting percentage? There it is. Finished his career batting 337, slugging percentage of 729, and just an absolute home run machine. 54 home runs in three seasons. Keep in mind, he only had six home runs in his final season at Arizona State, where he only played in 17 games. Torque bombs. Torque bombs, baby. This dude absolutely crushed it. He... He did everything, too, though. He was a great hitter. He was a great uh, defensive player for the team as well as an infielder for the team. I'm not sure where the uh, where the Tigers have him at this point. I believe uh, he was a catcher for them, but I might be mistaken. Whatever it is, though, the dude is just dominant. And he's so young in his professional career. Uh, he's... Definitely taking some time to get going in the low 200s for his batting average and his two seasons with the Tigers so far. But I do have faith that he's going to end up becoming a very good player in the major leagues. ASU has a very good track record with their baseball players to the pros. So hopefully Torkelson will be able to be one of the next guys to become a superstar and an and all-star for Major League Baseball coming from Arizona State. But looking specifically at his ASU stats, this is definitely a guy who deserves to get into the into the Hall of Fame eventually. 152 runs, 130 RBIs. He's got the 54 aforementioned home runs. He actually uh, only struck out 104 times at 498 at-bats. Eh, that's not that great, I guess. I don't know why I thought he was at, at the plate a lot more. Neither here nor there. Seven stolen bases for what it's worth. For a catcher, I don't know. (laughs) Final guy I want to talk about. This one I feel like is going to be very divisive. And this is where I want to kind of throw it at you guys to say, you know, what do you think about this player? I know some people love him. I know some people hate him. I feel like 
he left a bad taste in some people's mouths, but I feel like the bottom line is this is one of the most important players for Arizona State Sun Devils basketball. If you haven't figured it out already, it's Remy Martin. Remy Martin is an all-time Sun Devil. I won't apologize for that. He's a very, very good basketball player who made his impact felt with the team for four seasons. So it is what it is, you guys. In his four seasons at Arizona State, uh, the dude ended up starting, what's that, 82 games and played in 128 games. Uh, He was a three-year starter and actually as a freshman in 2017-2018 was the Pac-12 sixth man of the year. Two-time first-team All-Pac-12 selection in 2010 and, or excuse me, in 2020 and in 2021 where he scored 19.1 points in each season. And then in 2018, 2019, he was actually a second team, all Pac-12. Now, the reason why, unfortunately, some people have dismissed Remy Martin from the program is because he decided to transfer after uh, initially declaring for the 2021 NBA draft, but then uh, withdrawing from the draft and then transferring to Kansas, where he would actually go on to win an NCAA championship. Some people dismissed him, and some people don't like Remy Martin anymore. I don't get it. I I really don't. He gave you so much in his four years at the program. I feel like, if anything, we should have been rooting for him to win a championship. So I'm happy for him. I was rooting for him all the way. He was actually a really important part of that Kansas basketball team too, for their run to the NCAA title. He was a terrific guy off the bench. He might've been their primary six man, which wouldn't be a surprise considering that's what he was at Arizona state his freshman year. So great player miss him so much. Wish he never left, but happy that he was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish when he left. What do you guys think of Remy Martin? Is he an all-time Sun level or do you dismiss him because he left the program? Who do you guys want to see in the Hall of Fame? What do you think of the four guys I said? Who else is out there that we should be keeping our eye out for? Let me know what you guys think. But thank you guys, as always, for tuning in wherever you're reading your podcast. Remember to hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36, the podcast at LO underscore Sun Levels. It's been a weird week for me, but we will be back tomorrow to finish out three episodes this week. And then we should be back to the normal off-season schedule of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's all I got. Until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Levels.